Welcome to Your Pathways to Wealth, where Charlie Massimo and Peter Anastasian are on a mission to bring clarity to the world of finances. Together, they bring a wealth of knowledge to help you uncover a way to simplify your financial life. Join Charlie and Peter and their guest experts as they venture to help you preserve what you've built and enjoy what you've earned. Now, let's talk wealth. The world never stops. In fact, sometimes the events may catch us off guard, but how we respond is key. As Charlie Massimo and Peter Anastasian say, the mother of panic is surprise. Tell me more about that, Charlie, because I really, I love that line. Well, I can't take credit for it. It's from one of my most favorite financial journalists, Nick Murray, and it's something he talks about a lot. And even in, in my personal life, and I, I talk about obviously my personal life a lot with my clients, especially my two boys with autism, but there's a lot, there's some parallels that happen in my personal life and, and investing. And one of them is preparing my boys, even though they're 23 and they've been to the doctor for blood so many times, I have to prepare them every single time so that they're not surprised by the outcome. And that's exactly what we mean when we talk about our clients and investing, Peter and I never believed that people fundamentally get panicked by what happens in the markets. Instead, we've insisted that their panic is a response to the fact that they're completely surprised mm -hmm. and somewhat shocked by what the market is doing and, and that they were intellectually and emotionally unprepared for it. It is, after all, never what happens that matters but only how the investor or our client responds or chooses not to respond, that's decisive. Hence, surprise is the mother of panic. And a lot of this heightened emotion actually leads to an increased panic, right? Which is exasperated greatly by the vast majority of investors that are just psychologically incapable of, you know, differentiating between volatility and risk. And, and it's important to understand the difference between the two. Because one is temporary, right? And one is permanent. And so if you look back, a typical decline of roughly around 14% from the peak of the market is actually normal. It's expected. But rather what you hear is, I'm experiencing, you know, you, you never hear actually, I'm experiencing a perfectly ordinary market decline or correction. But rather what you tend to hear is I lost 14% of my money and there's no end in sight. And the reality is a 14% intra-year correction is the average intra-year correction over the past 65 years. So it's very important to understand and realize that there's a huge difference between a 14% fluctuation versus a 14% loss. It's almost like a, a glass half full or half empty. <laughs> That's certainly one way, one way of putting it for sure. And again, which is why, as I said, with my boys, even though I've probably been to the doctor for blood work in their lifetime, because they have to go for a lot of blood, well over 100 times, I still have to remind them every time. And it's the same thing we do with our clients and prospects. In the normal course of our year end meetings, if not sooner, we have to continually repeat the history that they don't know regarding volatility. Because the more they know about volatility, not just its frequency and depth, but its ultimate harmlessness, the less likely they are to be surprised by it, and therefore the less they are apt to get panicked by it. And Peter just mentioned some real statistic and, and let's statistics, and let's take a look 
you know, at markets post-World War II experience. You know, from 1946 through 2022, there's been 77 complete calendar years. During that time, the S&P rose 56 of the 77 periods or 73% of the time. And just think about it. Think about it. Over that time, the S&P went from 18 to where are we today? Over 4,300. Right. But observe the relentlessness and often quite horrific volatility along the way. Again, some numbers Peter already mentioned, but the average, again, average entry year decline in those 77 periods was 14%. And then the declines of 10% or more have taken place on an average once every year. Declines of 15% or more have taken place on an average of every three years. And declines of 20% or more have taken place on the average of once every five years. Now, the problem with this analysis, intellectually rigorous and correct that it is, it's that it does not begin to evoke the terror inflicted on the investor by the doom-shrieking <laughs> media you know, as these passing and ultimately meaningless market setbacks play out. And you know, think about it. I was talking about this with Peter before. You know, we could be really prepared, or you know, when you go on a plane, they tell you what to do in the if we have some volatility or ups and downs, turbulence in a plane. But just think about it. You can hear that. But if you go through a three hundred or four hundred foot drop, oh yeah, did uh-huh. you remember everything they just said? Oh, no, right, oh. right. You you just can't keep it. You know, try keeping that in front of your mind when you're going through it. You can't do it, and neither can the investor. Yeah, and so it's important, again, as Charlie mentioned, if you ask yourself the question and be true to yourself, can I handle a decline of 10%? Am I prepared for a decline of 10%? And there's two parts to that, right? There's one where you have the enough cash available or means available and income available to maintain your lifestyle. But then there's the emotional component as well. And you ask those that question on a 10% decline, a 15%, a 20%, a 30%. Hmm. And if you think about it, does your planning shift at all? And if it does, these are the conversations we always like to have with our clients because it helps us understand who they are and truly how they may react because we don't want them to react during the wrong periods of time. Peter, how, how many times have we sat with a client and we say to them, well, markets can go up 10 or go, go down 20% in a year. And they all look at us and say, well, okay, I've lived through it before. But when we go through it again and they see their million dollars go to $800,000, you see the panic in their eyes. They just are not prepared for it as, as much as we talk about it. So that statistical grounding in the dry data of volatility can be the beginning of a program of panic proofing the client. But remember, volatility doesn't take place in a vacuum. In the media's alarmist narrative, it's always a response to some economic or financial catastrophe. And and the media will always, you know, Peter kind of alluded to, the media will always make you think, this has never happened before. And Armageddon is about to happen. And We could show our clients all the history we like, but journalism's essential and most relentless initiative 
is to cut us off from history with malignant fiction. It's different this time. Hmm. I was actually going to ask about proofing, you know, bomb proofing your, your clients there. As you say, you can show them the numbers, talk to them about the numbers all the time. But when something happens, all that goes out the window. It, right. it does. And, and the deeper, the deeper the decline, the quicker it goes out the window. <laughs> yes, right? yes. Um, and, and we know that's the worst time to do it. Because if you bailed out in 2008, if you bailed out during coronavirus, if we look back, like every other bear market, what do we recognize? What has history shown us? That those were the greatest buying opportunities that we could have had over the last you know, 25 years. But unless you're prepared, unless you understand, and unless it's repeated over and over and over again, you're going to be surprised out of the greatest buying opportunities that may have ever put, been put in front of you. And, and there are times where we do hear clients say to us, if they're 75, late 70s, even early 80s, and say, well, why do I need to be invested? Why do I need this volatility? I'm 75 years old. And, and the reality is, when you bring it all back and realize that inflation is still at 4 5 6%, and the likelihood of them live, living till they're 95 is real. That's a 20-year time horizon. So to be ultra conservative or to be content in buying treasuries at 5%, which are good today, but most likely are not going to be good 20 years from today. And so having that balance and hel helping them recognize that as they get older, that emotion is certainly heightened along the way. But- we help counterbalance that. How do you deal with negativity? I by having a plan. I, I I really think that you know when a client is, I guess, negative about the market. I'm assuming that's what you mean—the negativity, or about the world. Right. I think we have to bring them back to the history of both. And 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 again, fear is real. I mean, it's not like. You can't, you shouldn't be fearful. And look what's going on. I know, depending on when somebody's listening to this, I mean, we have what's going on now in Israel. That's real fear and panic. I mean, we, you can't ignore those things. But what we have to do as an investor, realize that we have seen these things before. And the plan should have been in place that if these downturns do occur, we don't know what the ultimate outcome will be. But if they do occur, our plan should have already prepared you for that. And to Peter's point, if you're in your 70s or 80s and you need this income, well, your allocation should be reflective of what your needs are and where you are in life. You know, people always want to say, I want to hit up, you know, I want 20 or 30% returns because that's what my neighbor got. Well, to get those 20 or 30% returns, be prepared to be down 50 to 70% mm. in any one time when the markets right. really go off, off the rails. And that can happen and people can never recover from that so you have to be true to yourself you have to understand where you are in life you want to have to understand what your needs are but more importantly you have to have a plan because if you have no plan things just will never work out when someone panics what happens to the plan though it, it, it's a good question you know when someone panics usually what happens for the those that are not prepared, the plan goes out the window. 
It's what happens usually is the plan goes out the window. But again, by having that plan in place, by having it detailed, by always reverting back to the plan to have clients realize, hey, not only did we expect a 20% downturn every six years, we've planned for it by the plan that we've put in place for you. Mm -hmm. And none of this really should matter. These are all fleeting times, but we have to have that plan. We have to have that philosophy and we have to have our clients believe in that philosophy. You've got a great line here, essential function of the personal investment advisor. Again, you know, one of the things that I, Peter and I bang our head against the wall, and I respect everyone who's made money without having an advisor. But again, investing on your own through a 15-year bull market or 10-year, however our bull market has been, nobody needs an advisor. They think it's great. But again, remember what happened at coronavirus and remember what's going to happen at the next bear market. If you're 15 years older or 20 years older, right? You need to have someone to hold your hand through this. And I think the essential function, as you just alluded to, Patrice, of the personal investment advisor, and one that is so overlooked, and you cannot put a price value on this. And most misunderstood is the suppression of our clients' proclivity to panic. And that's one of the greatest things I think that we provide, or any good advisor provides their client the proclivity, proclivity not to panic. All right, Peter, do you want to add something to that? No, I think that we covered a lot, but as always, anyone could come to and visit our website at yourpathwaystowealth.com or call us at our office at 631-777-1030. Charlie, anything to add? I just one just one last comment again just to really sum this up. You know, the best way to prevent fear and panic from sabotaging our investment program again, is to prevent ourselves from being surprised by the events. Another great thing that Nick Murray, quote that Nick Murray has said, and I, I love Nick Murray. And for anyone listening, I you know, suggest Google him, look at some of his readings. It's all about behavioral investment counseling, which is what Peter and I believe we do. The other great quote, other than the mother of panic is surprise, is we must do our lifeboat drills before the ship sails out of port and has any chance of striking an iceberg. So you don't do your lifeboat boat drill after the ship hits the iceberg. You do it well before so the client's prepared and not surprised. I love it. Outstanding. All right, listeners, follow this podcast for more episodes. Share with others. I'm Patrice Sikora, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to your Pathways to Wealth podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at Wealth Enhancement Group or give us a call at 1-800-492-1222. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Wealth Enhancement Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 